Welcome, welcome. You are joining the Monterey Marriage Podcast. And uh, my name is Joey Drumright. We are glad you're here with us listening or watching. Uh, We have with us uh, Dane, Dr. Dane Eggleston. Say hi real quick, Dane. Hello, everyone. Uh, We have with us uh, Gina Robinson. Uh, Gina, will you please say hi? Yeah. And then we have Don Conright. Don, say hello real fast. Hey, guys. Today's topic is a super fun one, and it's so encouraging and such a feel-good topic. We are going to talk about what is micro-cheating. And right off the bat, if you're listening to this and you had no idea what the topic was because you didn't read the title, shame on you. But micro-cheating, as you're asking the question like all of us, what is micro-cheating? And we will get there, I promise. But we got a few other questions we have to address before we get to micro-cheating, including what is cheating and some emotional cheating topics. So to kind of get us rolling, uh, I want to start off with asking the question, how would you, and that includes all four of us that are on this podcast, how would you define cheating in a marriage? Um, Well, I think it's a little different. I'm I'm glad we have all these perspectives because I think it's a little different for each couple, depending on the baggage and background you have. Um, For me, it is about keeping things secret and um, being deceptive in what you're doing more than it is actually any one act. Um, my, I grew up, my parents divorced when I was a teenager and it was because of an infidelity. Mm-hmm. And so I watched all of that. And so I am extra sensitive for me. I am watching all the time and, on both sides. I mean, I'm very careful, but I'm also always watching Eric, poor guy. And he's had to be very, you know, he's had to understand because he didn't have that in his background. And so we've had to have these talks about why I need to know more than I might need to know otherwise. And why that's such a scary thing to me to let even the smallest thing go. So, um, I think for each couple, it's a little different. I I think that though anything that you're keeping a secret and trying Mm. to tell yourself it's okay not to tell the other part of your spouse, mm, you're probably in trouble already. Excellent. Thank you. Dane, what about you? How would you define cheating in a marriage? Yeah. I mean, going off of what Gina was saying, I mean, she, she covered it really well um, because it can vary a lot. I think this topic is really interesting because when people, I think when people think about cheating, first thought is they think about having sex with someone else, yep, right? Yep. Um, it's the, the physical, breaking those physical boundaries that you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, as, as we'll learn more about today, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it's definitely more complicated than, oh, I, I slept with someone else. It's, I mean, going off of what Gina said, I think she said it very well that, if you're doing something that you you have to hide from your spouse, that's a mm-hmm. big red flag, right? So I think that that's a really good way to put it is ha- having to hide something, right? Having to keep something from your spouse. And and you can talk about like the gray area and if like, well, is that really cheating? Or if, if it's just like a one-time thing where maybe you looked at something you shouldn't have. But again, if you're having to hide it, that's an issue. So um, we could go all day into semantics, but in the end, yeah. if you're having to hide something, that's a big red flag for sure. Uh, and that is it. I mean, for me coming from that day and for me defining cheating, y'all, I don't think we're that far off for the three of us so far in terms of what we consider cheating. 
Um, somebody's like, so I, I went and bought and ate something for lunch that my wife would not approve of because we're on a diet. Is that cheating? <laughs> well, you're hiding something from your wife. Yeah. You're cheating right. on her with food, but yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're deceiving your spouse. And, and that's kind of the hard part of this is there is a lot of gray. It's complicated because then you start asking semantic questions and Dane, you said it for me, it comes back to, uh, if you have to ask the question, mm-hmm. is this wrong? And you have to ask it. It's not, you understand it without even having to ask. If you have to ask the question, there's a problem. Right. You know, you, you, then, then the answer is yes. If you have to ask the question in the first place. And, and for me, that kind of goes back to it is, is it's, it's deceiving your spouse for the purposes um, of your own uh, desires, whatever that might be, fill in the blanks for what that might be. And it is certainly not as black and white as physical, um, sexual um, uh, connection and, and being there. It's not that simple at all. It's much more gray than that. Right. Um, and, and to be clear, that deception usually involves someone else, right? Yeah, Whether exactly. that is like in your mind or actual communication yeah. or, or touch or yeah. something like that. So but I think it all goes back to the same thing. Whether it, it Agreed. What we're talking about is with another human being agreed, um, but that same idea still exists for the food thing that I was joking about. Mm-hmm. Or finances. Yeah, still exists. Right. Yeah, fi- yeah, exactly. Exactly right. You're doing you know, things I mean, that it's... you've agreed on and you're doing other things and not telling your spouse, then yeah. Yeah. that's kind of infidelity. Yeah, and we would never say, we, in our culture, we would not say that's infidelity, but it does lead to the same path. It leads to a distrust and a destruction um, that comes into your marriage if you uh, aren't careful. Um, so Dawn, kind of where, where are you at on this? What are your thoughts? So I would say I have a very different approach than everybody else that has talked. And if you hear the quiver in my voice, it's because I have a lot um, to say about this. Um, I have actually been in an affair um, in the last three years. And that affair was my fault. It is something that I went out and sought. And it was something that I put a lot of stress on my marriage because of. Um, And so I had to really think about this question um, because it was a big question for me. Um, And my answer was, and I wrote it down because I thought I have to get out exactly how I feel. Um, Because if I speak emotional, if I speak emotionally, it may not be received. And so I wrote it down. Um, I said, Cheating is anything done or felt mentally, verbally, emotionally, or physically without knowledge of your spouse or keeping it from your spouse, like everybody else said. But also, if it's something that your spouse would be uncomfortable with if they knew that it was happening. Um, Because a lot of times when I was doing the things that I was doing, I I kept telling myself, it's not anything wrong. I don't mean anything by this. Like, so when you guys just said, if you have to ask yourself if it's wrong, it's wrong. I didn't ask myself that. I just was doing this because I was appreciating the input that I was getting back, the things that I was getting back, the way it made me feel. And so I didn't stop to ask, is this wrong? Because I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong right now. Um, I'm just talking to this person. This person's just a friend. I told myself that over and over and over and over. It's just a friend. It's just a friend. We're not doing anything. I don't see this person in 
in person. I don't go anywhere with them. I don't, none of that. It's all via message or um, social media or whatever. It's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong until I started seeping into, well, I used to leave my phone on the desk. I don't leave it on the desk anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to leave it in the room when I would take a shower, I would take it in the bathroom with me. Those are the things where I kind of started thinking, oh, this is probably wrong, but it didn't right. cross my mind because I kept thinking, I'm really not doing anything. I'm not saying anything. I know I'm attracted to this person. I know this person's attracted to me, but I'm not, it's just a friend. It's just a friend. He has friends. Everybody has friends. Like this isn't anything wrong until it led from one thing to another thing, to another thing, to another thing. And I got myself into a mess that I couldn't take back. And so my perspective is very little things. It's not just physical. It's not just emotional. It's not just a conversation. It is, it goes from the very second I said anything to that person mm-hmm. or the, the very second I saw them and I thought, Ooh, that person is attractive. Um, it goes from that second to that's where I should have gone back and said, hold on, I'm married. My husband is sitting at home with my kids. Um, and that's where I feel like cheating starts is that first seat at the very beginning Mm. and all the other things. Yes, they're cheating, but it's the first thing that is the most important. So once it starts as a thought or as an emotion, I think that's, that's more cheating. And that comes with the deception that comes with the lies that comes with the trust that comes with all of those other things. Um, but it's really important to recognize cheating from the very beginning, not Mm. just whenever all the other things transpire. You know, one, thank you, Dawn, for saying that, for walking through that with us. I greatly appreciate that. I know that's not easy for you to do. Uh, I think it's, it's interesting because uh, one thing I didn't say, I just realized as you were talking, Dawn, was that uh, I was married before and cheated on. Um, I, I think you would, you would agree with this, Dawn, uh, Gina, Dane. Um, infidelity is never the problem. It's a symptom of something else that's going on in the midst of whatever in your marriage. Um, and so when you hear me say any of those things, when Dawn says that, or Gina talks about it from her parents' perspective, we're bringing three different filters and baggage into this between the three of us, um, of how we see it. And wonderfully, we got Dane over there. Who's a little bit more objective <laughs> who can help us even out some of this stuff if we need to. Um, but also it's important just to, for our, for our listeners, watchers, viewers to understand we all come from it from a different place. And, and what we say is not just we're saying it, it's either it's our, our field or we've experienced it in one form or another. So um, we really do hope that this helps somebody who's listening or watching right now. One of the things that's in the mix of this, and I think all of us touched on it, Dawn, you really touched on it a little bit deeper that I want us to help define before we get to micro cheating is we've kind of talked about cheating in, in a general sense. I want to jump into what's called emotional cheating. And because we can get to micro cheating, we got to understand both these other pieces of it before we jump in too far into micro cheating. So Dane, would you kind of, I'm going to take it over to you, Dr. Dane, our resident doctor, uh, would you kind of, kind of define for us uh, what is emotional cheating? Yeah. So emotional cheating. uh, I think, I think that this one, first of all, is really interesting because this topic is, is interesting because it's a little bit, it has such a big gray area um, because for some people it's, it's hard for them to define. And then obviously like if someone has done it, 
maybe they have trouble admitting like this is where it started or this is where it started. And, and I don't know if it's always that simple, but to sum it up, emotional cheating is really any kind of secretive closeness with someone who isn't your spouse, especially if there's uh, some kind of attraction, whether that's an emotional attraction or a physical attraction, even if there's no actual physical touch, but it's this idea that you're, you're connecting with someone else in a way that is inappropriate relative to your spouse, right? Like, so if you're, if you're so close with someone that you're talking to them about things that you don't talk about with your spouse, or you don't want your spouse to know that you're talking about someone else or talking to someone else about those things, that's where it's an issue, right? Like if you're so close to someone else that you don't want to tell your spouse about it, it's a major issue. Um, and it gets really complicated too, because again, it's, it's hard to figure out for some people, where's that line. But if you're in a situation where you're even trying to determine where the line is, that, that, that probably means you've already crossed it. Um, so anything you have to hide from, this kind of goes back to what we were saying before. If you have to hide it from your spouse, that should be a really big indicator that there's something here that's not right. And that means that you either need to open up to your spouse about it. Well, actually, no, you should open up to your spouse about it, but also <laughs> probably cut off that relationship um, yeah. and how the closeness of it. Let's get into micro cheating. Let's go ahead and jump into there because what we're talking about is ultimately uh, micro cheating. And so what I want to do is to kind of jump into this piece is because uh, none of us in this regard are perfect experts on what micro cheating is because it's kind of a term that came up from pop culture more than it did a clinical term. And so um, uh, what I want to do is just read some quick excerpts from a NBC News article from 2018 that started defining. And I, I found so many different articles kind of researching this. I found so many articles from that year. Something happened that year that this term kind of came into being uh, in 2018. And so, um, so many of the articles that uh, one I shared with you guys, but that I kind of kept going through. Um, 2018 was an interesting year for that. I don't know why. I don't know what's happened. Um, but I know that uh, we've, in the last 20 years, um, cheating in all its forms has been on the rise. Um, so I don't know if when you start coining new phrases, you start to see that it's happening more. And so you have to redefine it. Yeah. So micro cheating um, from this article and just want y'all's takes on what the article talks about here. Um, uh, micro cheating, they defined as behaviors that hover near the mutually agreed upon boundaries in your relationship that compromise fidelity. Meaning if there's something that is going, is coming between the two of you and compromises what you both know is not okay, even if you're not admitting it. Um, it compromises that things like um, that, that push towards infidelity, like logging onto a dating site to see what's out there, forging emotional relationships. Why they're one of the reasons we talked about emotional cheating beforehand, uh, emotional relationships that are more emotionally and or sexually tinged than a typical platonic connection. And again, there's a lot of gray areas in here. That's why that question, if you have to ask the question, you're already crossing the line, probably uh, porn is one of the things that uh, they have listed there. Social media searches or interactions, direct messages um, for or with people that look or behave in ways that meet your needs that also may not be met by your spouse. Um, and those are just some of the quick ones. Uh, the other article says also cheating, micro, emotional or otherwise is less about the particular behavior and more about the keeping of secrets and impact of those secrets when uncovered. 
Uh, in quotation marks, when one betrays a partner's trust, there are always emotional consequences for the partner's well-being and the integrity of the relationship. Different behaviors might be infidelity for one couple, micro-cheating for another couple, and not a problem at all for another couple. Mm-hmm. Cheating micro-otherwise is that, again, that less uh, about that particular behavior than what you're hiding. Uh, after all, solid relationships are based on trust. Does micro-cheating betray that trust? So just kind of taking all that in for a few moments, just reading a few of the excerpts from that article. What do you guys think about this? What are your thoughts about what you what, what they're saying is micro-cheating, which kind of seems a little bit all-encompassing uh, leading up to the actual act of that we would normally think black and white physical interaction. Um, what do you guys think about all this? So I'm just going to start and go to Dawn. Dawn, what do you think about all this? Um, so I think micro cheating is like the greatest thing, the greatest descriptor of cheating that I've ever heard. I hadn't heard of it before we actually started talking about this um, podcast. Um, and so whenever I kind of started looking at it and seeing what it entailed, I was like, bingo, that is so accurate. Because when you think of cheating, I think of you just went and had sex with somebody that is cheating. Anybody who cheats, that's what they do. Um, But in my experience, since I've lived it, I didn't just Mm. go have sex with somebody. Like there was a million micro things before that happened that were cheating all along. Um, And even in the discussions I've had with my own spouse um, after the affair, um, he's pointed out to me, that was cheating a long time ago. That was cheating when you first uh, uh, went up to this person. That was cheating whenever you were carrying on these conversations. And I was just like any other person that was cheating in that I, I hid things and I, um, I used Snapchat because it made things go away. And I used um, Facebook Messenger because I had control over what people saw. Um, those are all cheating. That's cheating. Um, and so micro cheating is so accurate. Like I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly the most accurate thing that I've heard. Um, because I, yes, I, I cheated, but micro cheating happened for months before I actually had the big cheating at the end that everybody says is cheating. Um, and so I, I, I think that's a great, that article was great. Whenever I read it, I thought, oh, yep, these are things, but I think social media can destroy a marriage. I think, um, there's so many ways that you can kind of get around like people seeing what you're doing and it's, it's real, it's dirty. It's a really dirty method of communicating with somebody if you don't want people to know about it. And so, um, micro cheating is, I think it's so much more common than people even realize because we just don't see it. People slide into a DM. They, that's what they say these days. They slide into the DM. (laughs) And, um, so that way you're trying to talk to somebody without anybody knowing. And, um, again, Snapchat, we, we had a, uh, agreement in my marriage that said, we're not getting Snapchat. And, at one point I found out for whatever reason he had gotten it because his friends were doing something or whatever. And I thought, Oh, I'll get Snapchat too. Then bad idea. Those are things that, that started the micro cheating and it just led to something bigger. So I think micro cheating is a huge, huge, huge topic and it may just be a buzzword, but it's so real. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. What else, what else guys? What do y'all think? Yeah. So my, my micro cheating, I mean, Don explained it, I mean, really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for, for that. 
But um, <clears throat> I think the thing with macro cheating is, I think one way to sum it up is, and Don touched on this, but it's those small steps that you take leading towards what people actually think of cheating, right? When you, as right. far as like actually having sex with someone else, but those small steps, right? So what are you doing that's going to lead up to that? So are you connecting with someone secretively, right? Are you meeting someone and, and, and connecting with people emotionally that you normally wouldn't connect to in that way, right? All those little steps that lead to or can lead to sleeping with someone else and actually having a physical affair. I think micro cheating is all those steps leading up to that. And, and even if it's behaviors such as like looking at inappropriate images on social media or watching pornography, like all of those can still be steps leading towards a physical affair. Even if, even if you feel like you're not actually connecting to someone else, you right. still are. It's just, you're doing it in your mind. Yeah, that's right. And it, and, and it takes you, it takes away from your relationship. It takes away from your right. spouse because you're placing right. it someplace else other than your spouse, whatever that might look like. Right. Um, you guys have already just by nature of conversation of that article and Gina, I don't, I don't want to cut you out. So, I mean, other thoughts you have about the article before I, I think everybody summed it up really well. Yeah. Y'all have already jumped into it. What are, what are the warning signs? Like if you're sitting there and you're, and you're listening to this and you're going, what are warning signs of micro cheating either for yourself, which is always going to be the better question, but also asking of your spouse, what are some warning signs? And just a few things that, that are here, that I'm just going to, just to get us going, um, is, uh, how, how are you interacting on social media? Uh, and y'all have already touched on that. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that one, but take a look at, listen to what, uh, Dawn just said, what Dane was talking about a few moments ago. Does that, does that ring true for you? Um, mm -hmm. two, uh, how do you, are, are you dressing with someone else in mind? Like if you're cologne for guys, clothes you're wearing, are, does somebody else come into your mind when you're getting dressed um, uh, and putting on clothes for whatever situation you're going into? Do you talk to someone of the opposite sex about your marital problems mm -hmm. and they're feeding you um, what your spouse is supposed to be the one feeding and you talk about your marital problems with them? What other warning signs do you guys see or that you think about or you think are important for us to touch on? My husband has even said, like, I should have noticed that you did XYZ. So um, the way I kept my phone, definitely a warning sign where I kept it, how close I kept it, um, all of those things, um, putting a lock on it, even at that. Um, it used to not have a lock on it at all. Now it has a lock on it because of kids, but my husband <laughs> has the, the code to it. <laughs> um, I don't want my kids on my phone, but um, th that those are warning signs. Um, kind of emotionally checking out because he um, noticed my proximity of where I slept, um, I would sleep further away from him and I would, my back would face him because I would be on my phone until later at night and be not necessarily doing anything with that particular person, but on my phone, like on Facebook or on some kind of social media. Um, and sometimes, yes, I was talking to that other person, but then I would put my phone down and I would go to sleep right there as opposed to sleeping closer to my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say things like, Oh, I'm hot. Like, I don't want to sleep close to you because I'm hot. And so like the connection wasn't even there um, as mm -hmm. much. And so those are some of the, like the signs, like he could tell, like I was a little bit more distant. Um, he did notice that I seemed happy um, mm -hmm. because of the way that I felt 
with the other input that I was getting. And so between my life at home and the positive, positive input that I was getting, I was like complete almost. It was like, I, I had everything. I had all the nice words and the um, flattery and all the things from this other person. But then I had my life, my solid life with my husband and my kids and my nice house and all the things. And so um, looking back, those are the things that he saw that were like, oh, maybe that was something that was like a flag. Maybe that was something that, you know, I should have picked up on. Um, and so so it's like a contradiction for, for James. There's a contradiction that she, she's more literally physically and emotionally distant, but she's happier. Sure. So yeah. that's a contradiction to look for that doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. So uh, I want to add something and, and Donna, I appreciate you sharing all that, especially because they were from your, your own personal experiences yeah. with it. Um, but especially for anyone listening, I think, I think a lot of times people go into marriage thinking that, uh, like I would never do that to my spouse. I would never do. And of course no one ever plans (laughs) on doing that. Right. Right. Um, but the thing to keep in mind is that I think anyone is at risk of an affair, which is why it's such a relevant and important topic because anyone is at risk for it. And the reasons why someone ends up doing it is usually much more complex than, oh, like they did something bad. Like it's just, it's not, it's not that simple. There's so much complexity to it. And the reasons behind it are obviously different for every couple, every individual, but, but you're always at risk for it, which is why it's important to take steps. And we'll talk about that here in the next topic, but just being aware of things that you need to do to not have an affair is really, is really important because anyone's at risk for it. It's, it's not as simple as, you know, good or bad or anything like that. It's, it's much more complex. Well, Don, I, Don, I think you said it well, (laughs) when it something seems off, Mm -hmm. something seems off. I mean, whatever that might be, something doesn't seem like it should be. And then the question is, what do you do? Sure. You know, whether it be yourself, which for you, things didn't seem off, they seemed better, Sure. but it wasn't coming from your spouse. It was coming from a different place. The, the question that's kind of the next thing that Dane, you, you wonderfully started to step into and recognizing is when something's off, what do you do? So how do you help cheat proof as, as a, a, as we all are going to agree, because we talked briefly about this before we started is a both wonderful and horrible statement all at the same time because dane as you pointed out you can't fully cheat proof your marriage as dawn stated earlier in the in the thing she doesn't go into it like y'all said you don't wake up one morning and go you know what i'm gonna (laughs) cheat today i'm gonna cheat you know micro cheating i'm gonna go have sex with someone else fill in the blanks for all that nobody wakes up and says this is what i'm gonna do today i'm intentionally going to enter into this to to damage my marriage and to hurt my spouse nobody does that Right. So what are some things we can do to help to move towards other than recognizing, Hey, something's off. What are some things we can do to help move things towards, um, proofing, cheat proofing in some way, shape or form? How can we start to move towards that? What are some things you guys see? Gina, you're up. Gina, what do, what do okay. you think about this? Uh, I would say communication, 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 mm-hmm. that, you know, just that having those conversations before anything happens and having understanding each other's baggage and boundaries um, so that it's not a surprise when you say, mm-hmm. Hey, something's off here. We need to talk and to keep having those conversations regularly and not 
bottle things up. I think a lot of times the other spouse doesn't want to say something because they don't want to cause conflict and they don't want to bring it up and they don't want to put somebody on the defensive or feel like they're attacked. We have to find ways to do that that aren't attacking, but are helpful. And I think the one way to do that is to have those those talks beforehand. I think, I think you said it well, is you're talking on a regular basis enough to where when somebody says, Hey, something feels off, it's not entering into a a conflict. It's entering into, Oh, you see something off. Cause we do talk about things that seem off. It's something that we do. It's going to feel defensive and offensive and abrasive when you first start doing it. But the more you do it, the less it becomes uh, an attack. It becomes, Oh, you see something off. Okay. I don't, what am I missing? And it becomes a conversation rather than um, an aggressive attack in some way. I I love that you put it that way. Okay. I want to add one thing uh, that I I, I do this in my own marriage. And this actually is something that my wife and I have never talked about, but it's something that I've started doing that I think has been really good. Anytime I'm texting or um, like talking to someone like on Facebook messenger of the opposite sex, which isn't very often, but if it, if I do, I always talk about it with Kaylee, with my mm-hmm. spouse, because it, cause it, obviously I have nothing to hide because I have, you know, friends from grad school who are girls and I, I keep in touch with them every so often. But whenever I do, I always share that with Kaylee and I always bring it up very casually like, Hey, yeah, I talked to this friend today. I talked to this friend today mm-hmm. and it's always very casual, but I make sure that she knows if I ever talk to anyone of the opposite sex. And so I'm, I'm very intentional about, Hey, I talked to this person today and here's why, you know, it's funny because I've working for the church and doing, um, pastoral counseling. Um, I run into people all the time who talk about, I shouldn't, they should trust me enough. I shouldn't have to tell them those things just like that. And, and in premarital counseling, when I do premarital counseling, one of the things I tell people is get a universal calendar. You both share. Yeah. yeah. And me and my wife started doing that from the get go. And the reason we did it is not because we don't trust one another. It's to protect us. If mm-hmm. we, if we trust each other, we have nothing to hide. So every single meeting, male, female, everything is in my calendar. If I'm going to lunch with a female or I'm doing some kind of pastoral counseling um, and I'm sitting in my, in my office, she knows I'm sitting in my office with them. And in that particular case, I make sure somebody else in the building is aware that I'm talking to someone in that regard to protect myself, to protect them. But at any time, I know what my wife is doing and she knows what I am doing. And we don't do that because we don't trust one another. We do it to protect ourselves and to be as open and vulnerable with each other as we can. We we literally try to fight naked in that regard of emotions. And yes, I brought it up. I'm the first one to bring it up and I'm okay with that. Um, but we do that. I mean, that's, that's one small way we do that. Um, it's being transparent. Yeah, it is. And and, and people are scared to be transparent because they think it means there's a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. It's quite the opposite. It's, it's the inverse of that. It's it's humility. It's, it's humbling yourself to, to do that understanding. It's not about just trust. It's about protecting it and making sure that I don't do something that would cause me to break that trust. And that's kind of what I was going to say. I love those ideas. Um, and what I had to learn was some of the things that I said, like not even to the specific person, but to other males during this time, like some of the things I said, I didn't think anything of. And if my husband would have known about it, which he did after the fact, he was like, not okay with it. He was like, Oh my gosh, why did you even say that? Like, 
even if you were joking mm-hmm. about it, or even if you didn't mean anything by it, you would never get with this person, whatever. At, at least he knows now, like whenever I was saying those things, he doesn't, he wasn't comfortable with it and I didn't even know it. So maybe if I was more transparent with him during that time, he would have stepped in and checked me like, wait, that's not okay. Why are you talking to that person? Um, and yeah. so it goes beyond just, he can trust me because he can, he can know that I'm talking to this person. No, he can keep me accountable right. and say, that is not okay. You are, you're not having a healthy conversation with that person. Now I took myself completely out of having conversations alone with males. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and that's um, good. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah good. So like if even a coach, like my son plays sports and so it's like, what do they, what do they need? When do they need to be at this game or whatever? I will put my husband in the text with there the coach and yep. say, Hey, you know, we needed to know when, when Bray needs to be at the game, um, things like that. So those are things I think would have been super helpful before. Cause I never thought I was going to be the cheater. I never thought in a million yeah. years. Yeah. And so I didn't have those things in place, but I would totally encourage people to put those things in place because they, it sneaks up on you and you never knew it was coming. Right. And so I think those are all good things. Well, like Dana and Gina were saying also, I think those are good yeah. things to put in place. Eric has a lot of like people texting him questions about the Bible and stuff like that all the time. And that's great. And I trust him, but he early on just started including me on those conversations. I don't read them all the time. I don't read every one of them close but it's there and he, everybody knows I can read them. And so yeah. I think that's awesome. We could talk about this forever. And uh, I know that's kind of the struggle because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so great, you know? And so one of our, one of our desires in doing this podcast is to leave you with one thing, one, something that we can kind of grab a hold of or one or two things. And so really quick um, first is this is your challenge. Uh, this is your takeaway, but it's also, this is really a challenge. We kind of talked about, we want to challenge you at times. This is your challenge. We are going to ask you and of our own selves in this mix is to intentionally initiate communication with your spouse about this topic. Intentionally start a conversation with your spouse on this. Not, not later on, not in a month, not next year, but you start doing this now, like pick a date in the next seven days, pick a date go sit down with them and start talking about what are the boundaries? How, honey, how do you define cheating? What, what does that look like for you? Understand the boundaries between you and your spouse. Um, what do you both consider cheating and what's okay and what's not okay in that? It, it, nobody agrees that cheating is okay. So what are the boundaries that are supposed to be there? Also, what is the baggage that you bring to the marriage that will help define what cheating is and is not. Uh, You're sitting here with four of us and three of us have baggage, very large baggage we bring into this. So it's, it's important to have that conversation. And uh, uh, Dawn had said this from the get-go earlier on that uh, before we started the cat, the pod, this is not a one-time conversation. This is an ongoing conversation. And that means that maybe it's not waiting until something seems off to talk about this again. Maybe you schedule this. Maybe it's once a month. You intentionally sit down and say, hey, let's talk about this again, because it matters. It matters um, so much so that you intentionally want to talk about what this looks like for you. Um, And so it's a check-in once a month, once every couple months, but something that you do intentionally to do that. All right. We have taken up too much of our time here. And so we're going to go ahead and then sign off at this point. Thank you, Dane. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Dawn. 
um, for all of us, for all of you guys just sharing your lives um, and some pretty intimate details. Thank you for that. Um, more than anything else, uh, we want God to be the center of what we do. And that's why we do this. It's not just about our spouse. More importantly, it's about honoring our God. And we get, we get to, don't have to, we get to do that through our spouses. And so I pray that for everybody listening or watching that, uh, that you look to God to guide you in this, um, and that you honor him through your spouse. And so uh, make sure you do that. There's your challenge. There's what we want to do. And more importantly than anything else, fight naked. Mm-hmm.